at any other time as well. Um, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to kind of focus our thinking. And then after that, I'm going to ask for um, Jerry Dunn and Pat Gregory to come forward. They have some testimonies prepared. And then after that... After that, we'll all adjust our hearing aids and, and our microphones, and uh, then, then we'll open the mic, and any, any of you who uh, think of testimonies can come up and share. First, I'm going to read from Psalm 89. Psalm 89, I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. With my mouth, I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. For I will declare, faithful love is built up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. And then the famous verse from Lamentations, chapter 3. Where Jeremiah writes, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Mm. And then one more from Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. And his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. All right. Pat, if you'll come forward. Perhaps you've had a father who is lacking in love. And maybe this has affected your relationship to your Heavenly Father. You're not alone. Jesus has been alive and real to me for many, many years. The Bible teaches of a loving Father, and by faith, I believe that he was not alive in me. Several months ago, I was reading a book by Michael Phillips. In it, he wrote about the prodigal son returning to his father. The Holy Spirit used something the author wrote to reveal our loving Heavenly Father to me. Many years ago, when I came to the end of myself or ran to Jesus, I should have kept going and run to my Heavenly Father. Now, many years later, I ran to the open arms of my Heavenly Father, who has become real and alive in my heart. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Pat. Jerry? Okay. Oh, thump, thump. All right. Uh, this is not so much a testimony of uh, the past year, but of a 
lifelong, um, wouldn't call it obsession, but concern of mine. Um, back in about 1968, a long, long time ago, uh, when I was in high school, I was more politically attuned than spiritually attuned, but not in the same way as most of my peers. I was what you would call today an alt-right conservative. You know, um, One of the things I read uh, during that time period was uh, Richard Wormbrand's uh, congressional testimony that he gave in 1966 about his treatment at the hands of the uh, communists in, in uh, Eastern Europe. And uh, even though I wasn't saved at the time, it, you know, it struck me, this is not fair, <laughs> this is not right. Um, so from that time on, I've kind of carried a burden for the persecuted church. Um, after I got saved and I was, you know, we were married, I was in college, didn't have money to donate, but I could afford to buy stamps, so we started a, a program. Some of the others may have participated in it. Uh, we were mailing scripture portions to uh, people, just random people out of a phone book that uh, the people from Open Doors had smuggled out of Eastern Europe. You know, so it was just something we could do. You know, pray over those scriptures and just mail them blindly to whoever. Don't know whatever happened to them, but hopefully they did uh, bear some fruit. Um, I put a few things down here so I won't ramble. Um, when we, uh, when God brought us to Tulsa and we started coming to TCF, saw the uh, among the other. Uh, ministries of the church, concern for the persecuted church, and when, uh, you know, of course, our brother Joel going uh, places where most of us wouldn't even dare to think of treading, uh, you know, to support the persecuted church, and and when TCF started sending people um, after the Iron Curtain fell, um, I was just, you know, very glad to be part of it. Financially, I wasn't able to go. Uh, family and job and so on just wouldn't allow for that. But uh, I felt privileged to be able to uh, to participate uh, by prayer and giving directly with people that were actually, you know, boots on the ground, so to speak. Um, I felt really privileged last spring. This is kind of the the watershed moment, if you will, uh, Gordon asked me to go with him to uh, Kiev. And uh, I had never, although I'd always, you know, I'd wanted to go for, for many years, I'd never really thought it appropriate because what's the point in sending an engineer? They need teachers and preachers and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, so I felt, uh, you know, both privileged and humbled to be able to go. Um, I just always thought it would be better to spend the the money in on somebody that could actually you know minister um, but but there I was, so why was I there? Um, yeah, I talked to a lot of people, and you know they had a lot of questions, especially the younger people and it was uh, it was good. I think I did some good and imparted some some wisdom of the ages, if you will, but uh, <laughs> um, I really needed to be there for me not for them. Um, 
just to see the work that God has been faithful to do. Um, when you know, just a few decades ago, when TCF started uh, sending people there, those churches had been for decades without any anybody to uh, prepare their pastors. They had few Bibles, uh, very few trained pastors. They were operating in survival mode. And uh, I want to read a scripture here. Uh, this is uh, out of Matthew uh, chapter 16. Um, Jesus asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, Son of the living God. And Jesus replies, among other things, He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So I was able to see firsthand a living, thriving, growing church in Eastern Europe that had been at the point of you know, being extinguished under communist rule. And so God is, that, that was the faithfulness of God, executing his word as Jesus spoke it. And uh, he's able to do that for us no matter what comes. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate your perspective. James? Uh, Jerry, where'd you go? Oh, up there. Uh, who says you're not a teacher or a preacher? I think that's so far out that you went. Um, I've been there myself. Um, our journey, uh, my journey was kind of the same as yours, except it didn't start in high school, except that we had a similar kind of heart. I didn't hear about all this stuff until uh, I came to the Jesus Inn, and we started praying for the persecuted church. And then I went with Gordon on several trips to Russia and Ukraine and I've been in a lot of other countries, too. But um, this is what Jesus said. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, Brother Bill had a little moment with us one time where he said that uh, people told him that they didn't feel led to go. So he would give him some lead. <laughs> now you can go, he would say. But you don't need to be led so much as you need to be obedient. And you don't have to go overseas. You can stay right here and be obedient. As the sign says on our door, as you leave here, you're entering the mission field. So it's a matter of obedience. And uh, 
For instance, in the words, there's so many admonitions to go. Um, one day I was praying for the persecuted church, and I just opened up my Bible, and there's that, those verses in uh, Isaiah where he sees the Lord in the temple, uh, and at some point in his conversation with the Lord, he said, who will I go? Who will go for me? And Elijah says, here I am, send me. You know, that's all we need to say is, here I am, send me. Take me, use me, wherever, wherever. Uh, well, then, this, I just want to put in a plug for Good News Club. Um, I haven't been going overseas, but I can get to Kendall Whittier. <laughs> I'm not ministering to the persecuted church, but we are ministering in Good News Club to disadvantaged children who need the truth because they're not getting it out in the world there. You'd be surprised how many weird things they have heard about God. And when they come there, they get clear Bible teaching and they get loved and they love us back. And it's such a blessing to see them get so excited about Jesus. They're up there dancing and clapping and singing and learning their verses. It's just a miracle. I love being there. And if you haven't come, you should. I guarantee it, you won't want to not come anymore <laughs> because you'll like it so much. Well, that's it. Pray for Good News Club, and pray for all of us that uh, are a part of it. Thank you, James. Dory? Uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to take a chance to give like a 30-second sermon or something here. Little encouragement. It says in Second uh, Corinthians uh, four, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's kind of like a like an important theme of the New Testament. Like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And in another place, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So we can just like sort of uh, keep uh, reminding ourselves of these things, reminding others, our fellow believers, our kids, our grandkids, and everything. And of course, there's going to be a right way and a wrong way to do that. You know, like you see somebody that's not doing it right, you say, "Hey, what's wrong with you? You're so worldly. You know, you just love money. You just love your possessions. Why can't you be spiritual like me?" <laughs> or something. You know, but I mean, just to try and come along, people pray from, uh, support them, and and help them to see that, like, like, hey, at the end of what we're going through right now, there's something better coming, and just, you know, the, the Lord will give you some way to share. Thank you, Dory. Thanks a lot, Gordon.
I just want to give praise to God that he got me through that cancer surgery and I didn't have to have chemo. And, you know, I lost two good friends this year. But, you know, I gained two guardian angels and they're watching over me now. It takes a whole passel of them to keep me in line, but they're watching over me with God. And I know that God will be with me through anything else that Satan can throw at me. And he's giving me the, the, the uh, opportunity to be a witness to him at the center where we gather together. And there's a lot of people there that don't know about the Lord, but I can be a witness to him there. And it's really wonderful. And I thank him for that. Thank you, Rebecca. Is there anyone else who would like to testify? I'm going to give you all, oh my goodness. I'm going to give you all a heads up. I'm on like four hours of sleep, so bear with me. But um, can I sit down? Or is this like formal? Okay, cool. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan. Um, no, I wanted to just be very, um, give a chance to glorify, uh, glorify God um, and just say he, he's worked on me a lot this year. Um, it's been a really awkward year because it's been a transi transition from high school to college. Um, I've been like an anxious mess <laughs> for half of it, and I've been really fighting to hold on to some of my high school friendships, but God's faithful. He's so faithful, and he's so um, powerful. He is probably the best source, the most consistent source of peace that I've ever found. Um, and it's the only one that's lasted. Um, I tried finding my peace in holding on for dear life to certain friendships, and that didn't work. Um, being a teenage boy, I looked for it in women, and it didn't work. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, you got to learn it early. Um, and I tried finding peace with myself, and even idolized just being happy, if that makes sense, like seeking happiness over God, and not realizing that if you seek God, it'll all fall and fall together. Um, and He has transformed my life over the last year. Um, and I've seen him work in college, and he's, he's very alive, um, and I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for this body that's given me a family to come to. Um, and I guess I just want to leave with two of the best quotes I've heard this year, um, being in a college group. Um, you meet some interesting people. Um, they're really funny, but th I think they're cool. And one of the, the first one is, um, for most people, Earth is the closest thing that will come to heaven. But for us, this is the closest it'll be to hell. So it only gets better from here, which I think is beautiful. Um, and then the next one, which I say almost every day, which is heaven's going to be better than this. And that can be said in the darkest valley or the highest high. And it's, it's just a beautiful thought. So praise God. Um, and...
Thank you, Ryan. Okay, this is not prepared. Um, this year seemed like a more normal year after having gone through the cancer um, in 21 and 22. Um, but I think what has really, what I really would like to focus on to share, to thank God for is uh, people ask me all the time how I am. And um, there's also been times where I've kind of hesitantly shared kind of what I've been through. I mean, some people don't know that. But what I've noticed is I have a testimony that I didn't have before. And I have told people that have not really wanted to hear <laughs> what, uh, how God brought me through that. Um, this is, um, well, the lady, at, uh, the lady at Waterworks, I'm going to be going back to teach at Waterworks uh, in April for a little bit. And she's a pretty hard woman, and she's not very grace-giving and that kind of thing. She uh, had contacted me and wanted me to come back, and so I talked with her, and she I actually missed the deadline that I was supposed to get her the information for the class that I'm going to do. And she gave me so much grace, I thought I had gotten someone else at the center. I didn't think it was her. <laughs> but I did go ahead and tell her. She said, I know you're a woman of faith. Uh, that I'm sure that brought you through, and I began to tell her a couple of things. I could tell on the other end of the phone she didn't want to get that deep, but um, I told her anyway. But there's, you know, I can think of a couple at the gym, you know, that I really shared a lot of stuff, and they, I don't know where they were with the Lord. They're very sweet people. I have no idea if they knew the Lord, but they stood and listened to me for probably, you know, a good five minutes of who God is and what, what he did. And so I'm so grateful for that because this is not something that I'm trying to do. I mean, it just, it just is there because of who he is and what he did. And this year I got to travel a whole lot, more than I ever expected to. Took two workshops. One lady, I'd been wanting to take a workshop from her for 20 years, and God put that together. And uh, then I got to go in September with my good friend Denise to Taos for a week of painting, a painting trip. So the Lord has really poured it out on me. Of course, it's the difficult thing has been, you know, uh, not being able to share with Lynn. But, um, you know, we'll have our time together um, when, I, when I go to be with the Lord as well. But anyway, any rate, I just want to thank God for the lovely things he's done this year, the opportunities that I didn't really expect to see, and then just the testimony that I have. You know, it's, to me, it's just it's easy to share with people because of all that God showed me of who he is. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Nancy. Any others? Okay. Well, as you all know, uh, uh, Dorothy had uh, uh, a malignant tumor removed from her pancreas back in March, and uh, they said that uh, they got it all, but just in case they left a cell or two of cancer, she ought to do chemo. So uh, if you're not familiar with chemo, it's like in, uh, swallowing poison and hope more of it goes to the tumor than goes to the rest of your body. And she couldn't tolerate it. So uh, we did two rounds and quit. And then in September, she did another PET scan and the cancer had returned. So she was referred to uh, the radiation oncologist, uh, 
He said, we can deal with this. Uh, we have special techniques. We run this beam 360 degrees around her body. Every bit of her body gets a little bit of radiation, but the tumor gets all of it. Five sessions and she'll be fine. So it'll be a piece of cake. So after the fifth session, the uh, nurse says, well, you're finished your treatment. You get to ring the bell. So she rang the bell out in the waiting room and everybody stood and applauded. And I took her home, she just beamed. When we got home, she lay down and slept for 18 hours. Um, she lasted two and a half weeks. And I sent a message to the uh, doctor on the patient portal. I said, doctor, we weren't done yet. Uh, I know we've had 54 years of marriage, but I was planning on taking her to Branson over Thanksgiving. We we're gonna see Christmas shows. I've got two tickets for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I've got reservations at the Hampton right across the street so she can get there in a walker. We're gonna have a nice dinner downtown. Uh, I need some closure. So anyway, uh, I canceled the uh, reservations for the uh, Hampton, but I went downtown to uh, uh, have that dinner by myself, and the phone rang, and it was the uh, radiation oncologist. So we spent maybe 30 minutes just processing what had happened, and the first thing he says was, well, if I'd known she was so fragile, we wouldn't have done any radiation. And I thought, well, thanks a lot. Uh, um, and he said, but uh, you've got to realize that uh, she would have had an active growing tumor in her pancreas and no possible possibility of treatment. And when the end came, it would have been uh, likely painful and prolonged. And as he said that, a peace just came over me. And I realized that God in his wisdom I love the right thing. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Does anyone else have a testimony? Um, I just want to say I'm thankful for family and the support of this church and uh, Anyway, and I was thinking back um, to VBS, and we didn't get to really share afterwards, but um, it was miraculous. Oh, um, the enemy was trying to shut it down with the power being out. We had spent months preparing, and um, I remember that Sunday afternoon, uh, James got all the staff together, and what are we going to do? Should we put it off for a few weeks? Should we try to do once a week? What should we do? And Anyway, we all decided we are going to do this. And um, my husband, the engineer, <laughs> brought our generator, you know, and parked it out on 3rd Street, and they ran all the cords in, and you all saw they had fans, and and we brought all the decorating downstairs after spending months putting it upstairs. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and the kids came, and it was just so awesome. God is so faithful in spite of anything. And, um, 
And also I want to say about Good News Club that James talked about. Um, our last Good News Club before the Christmas break, December 5th, we, ha we acted out the Christmas story uh, from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and I narrated, and, and uh, uh, Emily and um, Daniel were Joseph and Mary in costume, and they came with a cardboard donkey across to the major, and, um, and uh, we had warned the kids ahead. We said, y'all get to be in this story, and all the boys are going to be shepherds, and you go over there, and all the girls are going to be angels, and you go in the back with Diane, and we'll tell you when. And so uh, they came up, and um, Beth Troutman was the angel Gabriel in a white satin robe, you know, and the shepherds all bowed down in worship. And uh, Diane Shepherd had the girls, and she just had the little word Gloria, and she just had like two minutes to tell them, you're going to sing. You're the angels at Christmas. And they came. And I mean the spirit of the Lord was there. The singing, the kids acting out the Christmas story. And afterwards, I asked two kids in my group, I said, you know, have you heard this? We never heard this story before. So God is using Good News Club. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you, Charlene. All right. The man with a bow tie. October 20th was the 15th anniversary of my wife's death. November 10th of this year was the first anniversary of my oldest son's death. Four weeks ago, my youngest son died. All three of these went through intense suffering. I want to thank God that he gave me the strength and the energy and the health to be able to take care of all three of them. But I'm also thankful that their suffering is over. Both with Jimmy and Mark, it became so intense that at the end I prayed, Oh God, heal him or take him. And God took them quickly. I thank the Lord that their suffering is over. No more cries out in the night. Today, they're where I want to be. And in 93, I'm aware of the fact, can't be too far away. My doctor said to me, you have such amazing health, you're a candidate for 100. I thought, is that a curse or a blessing? <laughs> but I am so thankful that neither of my two sons nor my dear wife is continuing to endure what they endured. The final days and yes, rest, yes, years of their life. Thank God for his mercy. Thank you, Jim. Any other testimonies? What a lovely young lady. 
he's very biased. Um, <laughs> okay, this is really spur of the moment. So this semester, I, this past one, I took 18 credit hours, which I've taken before. It wasn't a new overload or anything, but three of them were studio art classes, and for those artists out there, you know how much extra work that actually is. Um, most of it's done outside of class. Um, I had 18 credit hours. I was, they had to limit, they had cut the lab hours for the art like in half almost because um, they didn't have enough student workers. So we had much more limited time for doing stuff in the labs and getting stuff done on time, which we're already staying up crazy late anyway for finals and whatnot. And then um, I had a friend, friend who came up to visit about every two, three weeks on a Saturday and that took up half the Saturday. And then <laughs> date night was also Saturday, and so that took up the other half of Saturday. And so I did homework maybe three Saturdays this past semester, and I blasted through all my finals, and I got them all done, and I did good, and I don't know where the time went. I don't know. I don't think I should have had enough time to get the stuff done, especially since I didn't have, again, homework, <laughs> homework, no homework on Saturdays. That's all gone, <laughs> the whole day. Um, so, um, and I was doing fun stuff with my roommate. We'd started doing like event, like events in our dorm room on Saturdays too, after date night. Like, so I just I have no idea where the time came from, but I did it. I got it all done, and I felt happy about it. I wasn't dissatisfied with any of my work. Um, so I just I hope something like that happens again next semester. <laughs> <laughs> be really nice. Thank you, Emma. Any other testimonies? Aren't we so blessed? It is good to be reminded of just how blessed we are. Thank you to all of you who shared. Every one of those means a lot. We need those reminders. We need that encouragement because we all struggle, don't we? We need to be reminded how good God is. Thank you for doing that. Uh, the last thing we're going to do today uh, before we dismiss to potluck is um, would, would the band members come up and get things set up? We, we get to hear uh, a wonderful old hymn um, from our youth group and post-youth group band. Um, while they're setting up, I'm going to read a few more scriptures that remind us about God's faithfulness. From Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. I think that's what we did today. I love that. Feed on his faithfulness. That's from Psalm 37. And then this is from Psalm 103. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. That's a lot of faithful love. A lot. And then from Psalm 145. Yahweh is great 
and is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. We did that today. Generations proclaiming to the next and the next about the God we serve. I will speak of your glorious splendor and your wonderful works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring works, and I will declare your greatness. They will give a testimony of your great goodness and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. It's a blessing to get to do that. You guys ready? <laughs> All right. Take it away. sing along so then you guys can drown me out. Thank you all so very much. That was beautiful. If you want to get their autograph, you'll have to meet them afterwards. Over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, 
that concludes our service today. I'm going to pray for us as we go and for the food. And then if you'll all join us over in the fellowship hall, we'll enjoy lunch together. Join me in prayer. Father, thank you. It's not enough, but we thank you for these testimonies of your faithfulness in so many ways and in every situation. Thank you so much. Help us to remember. Help us to encourage one another with testimony. Help us to share you with others through our stories. We thank you, Lord, for working in us, for working through us, and for working on our behalf as we go. We ask your blessing on our food and on our conversation as we share a meal, that we might honor you and bless one another. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are dismissed.